powerful words today. Follow along with me, starting with verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. And everybody said amen. amen. Now you'll notice in church, pastors and preachers and evangelists, they'll say, come on, somebody say amen. And somebody says amen. Well, it's important because amen is just saying, I'm with you. I agree with you. I want what you just said to happen. Amen translates, let that be so. So come on, everybody, one more time, say amen today. Amen. Let that be so, God. What a joy it has been for me to study the Word of God and in particular to study the words of Jesus, which are written in red. I've entitled a series that we are in and we'll be ending rather uh, pretty soon, actually. It's called Written in Red. If you've missed any of it, you can pick up the DVDs. You can order those. Uh, we, have a, we have a little bit of a bookstore out in the foyer. Stop by there and pick up all of this great, great series because whatever Jesus says is worth, worth hearing, amen? I, I think whatever Jesus said, we better be listening to and whatever Jesus said, we need to impart it into our life written in red. We started off with Jesus' communication for us. Do you know that Jesus prayed for you before you were ever born? Before we even arrived on earth, Jesus was praying for us. He prayed a prayer for glory. He prayed a prayer for protection. He prayed a prayer for holiness. And he prayed a prayer that we might have unity. That was Jesus' communication for us. We followed that message with Jesus' commandment to us. Do you remember the greatest commandment ever given, church? What is it? The greatest commandment ever given. Sum it up in two words, love God. Second verse to that song. It says love your neighbor as yourself, but we'll sum it up with two more words, love people. So remember this, the greatest commandment ever given is love God, love people. Say it with me. Love God, love people. Why are you here? Why did God create you? What is your purpose in life? Love God, love people. And then let that unfold and let God show you what all of that means. How can you love God? How can you love people? And the practicalities of that. That's Jesus' commandment to us. We followed that message with Jesus' caution to us. I wonder if you remember what the caution was. Beware of wolves in sheep's clothing. Beware, be on guard, be cautious. They come in and they look like everybody else. Look at your neighbor. Uh-oh, wonder if they're a sheep. Wonder if they're a wolf. Wonder which one they are. You never know. So we have to know, uh-oh, a wolf just scared somebody off. Beware, be, be on guard, 
It's a caution from Jesus, his very own words, beware of wolves in sheep's clothing. We followed that last week with one of what ended up being a favorite message of mine. I really, really, God spoke to me through this, and I, I trust he spoke to you as well, but it was Jesus' compassion for us. Compassion, we found out, was what moved Jesus. Jesus was moved with compassion. Compassion moved Jesus, and so compassion ought to also move us. I wonder if compassion moved anybody this week. I've been praying for you. Did, did compassion, did God move you with compassion for one person? Did God move you with compassion possibly for a family? Did God move you with compassion for a child maybe? Did he move you with compassion for your city or the town that you live in? I hope and pray that God moved you with compassion for the lost and for sinners. Now today, we look at Jesus' commission to us. Let me ask you a question before we pull this all apart and look at the goodness therein. Have you ever had a job that was out of your reach, too big for you, beyond your capability, anybody? Sartorius, I... You're relatively new, you and your family, so I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I used to work at a grocery store when I was a teenager. My uncle owned a, a handful of grocery stores in Terre Haute. If you're visiting, I'm so sorry. I'm from Terre Haute, and every time I say it, they, they holler back, so I might, I'm playing a little game with them. But I, I, ha I worked at a grocery store in Terre Haute, and... Um, I, I started bagging groceries and stocking shelves and whatever. And, well, since my uncle owned the store, hello, he, I kind of I climbed the ladder a little bit. I actually could have climbed it all, the, all that I wanted, but I didn't want that. And God had something else for me, hallelujah. But um, he asked me, my, my uncle asked me, actually my cousin, my uncle's son, he was the manager. He asked me, uh, I've got another position for you. And um, it involves checking all the vendors. So I had to come at 6 a.m. and I had to check all the vendors. The Frito-Lay guy, the uh, Nabisco guy. Marv, you worked at, Merv, you worked at uh, Nabisco for a number of years. I had to check in those vendors and make sure all the chips ahoy were right on, you know, the Coca-Cola and everything. So I'd check them in. Well, part of this job required that I also was in charge of the truck that took all of our cardboard to the dump. Now this truck was a, like a rider-sized truck, probably 26 foot or something like that, and I could not handle a truck like this because it, it meant I had to back it into the loading dock. And it was like this far from the wall. The truck had to pull back this far from the wall. And, and on the other side as well. I had this just enough to fit in the, the box truck. And I was a nervous wreck. I don't even know if I've told you this, Karen. I was a nervous wreck having to pack back up this rider-sized truck because I, I was 17 years old. I didn't know how to do that. But if I wanted that job and it meant more pay, then I had to, take, I had to just take the, the task. I had to embrace the task and do it. And I found out something. A job that I thought was out of my reach and beyond my capability, I actually could do. And I learned how to back that truck in, and I got so good at it, I could just back it in and, and load up the pallets of, of, of cardboard and, and get them off to the dump, and I love my job. Today, we have, we have an assignment. 
we have a job, a task that is enormous. And I think some of us at times feel like this is too big. Somebody else could do it better. I, I don't have the skill set. And on we go with our list of excuses why we do not fulfill the very last thing that Jesus commanded us to do. This is not a suggestion, church. This is a commission, an assignment divine from heaven given to us. And I think we fail in accomplishing the Great Commission. But I want to look at three aspects of Jesus' commission to us that I believe will help us in accomplishing this ginormous task. Let's look first, first of all at the authority of the commission. The authority of the commission, we find it there in verse number 18. Jesus came and he spoke to them and here's what he said. All authority, somebody say all authority. All authority has been given to me, Jesus is speaking here, in heaven and on earth. Authority is defined as the power or right to give orders or to make decisions. Authority equals the power or the right to give orders or make decisions. I love, I see see lots of people taking notes today. I love that. I, I believe that's the key in really growing and becoming all that God wants you to be and gleaning all that is taught to you on a weekly basis. Take notes. Get in the habit of getting a notebook or a tablet. You can take notes on your phone today. I'm just telling you, I would take a note or two today. Authority, the power or right to give orders or to make decisions. Let's talk a little bit about this authority today. I want you, first of all, to note the, the authority is complete. He said all authority. All authority. He's not waiting on more from the Father. He's, he doesn't have partial authority. He has all the authority, and the authority, it is complete. And the authority fully belongs to Jesus. He's not sharing this with others or with other things or other people. I'll say it like this. I don't believe that the authority is, is fragmented. You see, we believe in a triune God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. And so it's not, it's not a third to the Father, a third to Jesus, and a third to the Holy Spirit. It's all. It's all and it's all in one. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. All God and all one. Blessed Trinity. Blessed three in one. The authority fully belongs to Jesus. It's not fragmented. Um, what I'm saying here also is there are millions of people around the globe today that are believing in other gods, little g. But we know that there is only one God, and it is Jehovah God, Yahweh God. He said, I am that I am, and we believe that he is God today. 
There's so many today that if you ask, are you going to heaven, they, they think they're going to heaven because they believe that all roads lead to heaven. You can get on any religious path that you'd like. This is, this is our society today. This is modern thinking today, modern philosophy today. Get on any path, any religious path you like and you'll go to heaven. You don't even have to get on a religious path. And a lot of, lots of people think you'll still go to heaven. Or they don't even care because they're going to live however they want to live. But see, you can't trust and serve multiple uh, entities. You'll be divided within yourself, and a house divided does what? A house divided crumbles. A house divided falls. It will not stand. And so we put our trust and our allegiance in the one who said, all authority belongs to me. The authority, let me look further about this whole thought of the authority. The authority, he said, is in heaven. All authority belongs to me in heaven. This speaks to the supernatural realm, folks. And I, I don't know if you realize this or not, but there's a whole other world out there. The unseen world, the spirit world that we do not see, but yet it is there every day. Jesus says, I have authority in heaven. That's another place, isn't it? That's a place that I'm going to, by the way. Anybody going to go with me? Anybody already made your preparations? Hallelujah. I'm going to heaven, I, and I'd love for you to go with me. But it's another place. We don't see that place. Jesus has authority in that place. Uh, Jesus has authority in heaven, and so this says to me that he has authority over all who might reside in heaven. There. He has authority in heaven, all authority in heaven. That means he has authority over the angels. Do you believe in angels? I believe that angels exist. I believe it because it's in the Word of God. Do you know any of the names of the angels, by the way? Gabriel, Michael. There's another big one Lucifer. Lucifer actually was a created being. The Bible speaks of cherubim and seraphim, angelic beings, hosts in heaven. There are, there are elders in heaven. There are those who have gone before us in heaven. Jesus has authority over all of them. I think this is important for us to note today. Because some people get so into angels, they, they, there's worship of angels. There's a, whole, there's a whole school of thinking and religion even devoted to the devotion and worship of angels. Folks, we're not to worship angels. We're to worship Jesus. Somebody help me here today. We're not to worship angels because angels are under Jesus. Jesus has authority over all of the angels. But I don't mind when Jesus dispatches to one angel or to another. And the Bible says, beware when you entertain strangers. You might be entertaining an angel unaware. Do you know there might be an angel going with you and guarding you and keeping you? That might be because Jesus, the one who has all authority, dispatched one of the angels on your behalf. But don't worship angels. Don't get too excited about that. They're only doing what Jesus authorized them to do. This also includes fallen angels, by the way. Somebody mentioned Lucifer as one of the angels. Yes, he was. And he was in a prominent heavenly position at the beginning of time. 
He was created as heaven's choir director. Doesn't Pastor Moses do a great, great job of directing our choir and leading our band and leading us in worship? We have one of the best. I really believe that. We have one of the best. Lucifer was created as one of the best in heaven, but he got so full of himself and he wanted what didn't belong to him. He wanted glory. And remember this, all the glory belongs to God. It belonged to him then. It belongs to him today. It will belong to him tomorrow. And for the rest of time, all the glory belongs to God. Satan had some bit of influence, obviously, because a third of all the angels in heaven followed, followed Lucifer, Satan, and they were cast from heaven and cast to the earth, cast to the lower regions, actually, have dominion on the earth. But he has authority in heaven. This speaks to the supernatural realm, but it also goes on and talks about the authority on earth. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. This speaks to the natural realm. We've talked of the supernatural realm. Now we're going to talk for a moment about the natural realm because that's where you and I live. We live on this earth. We live in the world, don't we? So take comfort today and know that Jesus has authority on earth. What does that mean? It's over the world. Just because the enemy has some bit of influence on the world and he's working in the world. How many believe the enemy's at work in, on, the, on the earth? I pray for the rest of you because he is. Don't go to sleep on that. Don't blow, don't blow that off. The enemy is at work in the world. And he's accomplishing a whole lot. But with all of the influence and, and little bit of power that he does have, he does not have more power than Jesus. Jesus has all the authority in heaven and on earth. That's authority over the world and over the worldly systems. That's authority over the allure of the world and the lust of the world. Don't, don't ever say, oh, I just, I couldn't help myself. Well, with the authority that Jesus has over the world, and if you are in him and he is in you and you're a new creation, then you do have the ability to resist the allure of the world. Somebody help me today. The authority on the earth reaches to an authority over evil, over unrighteousness, over ungodliness, over sinfulness. And the authority on the earth is over the devil himself. Because yes, as I said earlier, Satan has dominion right now. It won't always be so, but for now, the enemy has dominion and he's, he's roaming and prowling like a lion seeking whom he might devour. Do you know that you were in his sights just this week? Not just you, Josh. I'm pointing to Daisy too, my own little girl. I'm pointing to Pastor Dave, one of, my, one of my pastors here. He was had you in his crosshairs, Victor. You better know everybody in this room. The enemy was looking at you because he wants to take you down. But Jesus has authority in heaven and he has authority on earth. Take hope in that. Take assurance in that. Hallelujah. Wow. Now you're about to really get happy because something happened. 
something shifted, something changed, and the authority, see it, see it right here. Jesus saying, I have all authority. It's mine. It's complete. It's whole. It's full. Then he goes, Butler, I want to give you a little bit of it, though. What? Micah, you're going to need a little bit of this. Now, it's all mine, but I'm going to share it with you. And Jesus starts authorizing. Somebody say authorize. Authorize. He starts authorizing us with all of the full, complete authority that is his. He starts imparting it to us. Uh, I told you somebody's going to get happy today. He starts instilling it in us and authorizing us, sanctioning us in order to complete the mission, which is the great commission. The authority that is his, he starts sharing with us. That is so powerful right there. To authorize is to give or delegate. (laughs) To give, this just made me happy when when I was writing it, when I was studying this, and it's making me happy preaching it. Authorization. To authorize is to give or delegate power or authority to. You're right. We can't do this on our own. I'm a, I, I'll just be honest. I'm going to make a mess of it every time I try on my own. But with the stamp of approval that comes down from heaven, with the sanctioning of God that comes with this commission, the authorization. I don't stand behind this holy desk in my own name. My own name is, there's nothing in the name of Steve Bland. I don't pray for you in the name of Steve Bland. But I know that things still happen when I lay hands on somebody and I begin to pray in the name of Jesus. And I believe that demons still tremble. I believe that sickness still has to bow. I believe that those are bound will be set free in the name of Jesus and with the authority that has been given to me I don't care if I'm praying for breakfast or somebody's bad back when we pray in the name of Jesus we have authority hallelujah he's authorized us he's author come on somebody and give God praise in this place y'all gonna make me preach today and I don't feel that great No, I feel, actually, I feel great. I feel healed. (laughs) I feel like I could do the assignment that God has called me to do because I'm not doing it in myself. I'm not doing it in my own strength or in my own power. I'm not doing it because I went to Bible college. I'm doing it because Jesus is sharing his authority with me and he's sharing his authority with you. Hallelujah. Now let's look at the assignment for a few moments. The assignment of the commission. What is this assignment? Let's look at it. Go, therefore, verse 19. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. There are four instructions within the assignment. First of all, he said, go. Come on, somebody say go today. Go. Mm. Go. 
go. You ever been at the stoplight and you're behind a car and the light turns green and they don't go anywhere? You know why? They're texting somebody. Or worse yet, Commander Stacy, they're putting on the makeup. I saw a guy do that the other day. It made me... No, seriously, I saw a woman putting on makeup and eating her breakfast all at the same time. I nearly wrecked over that one watching her. When the light turns green, it means go. And I got somewhere to go, so I just put on my horn a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little tap, right? Don't lay on it, but a little tink, tink. That don't hurt nobody. Oh, they'll wait until it turns red again. They're not, eh, that's no good. The green light means go. And church, I want you to hear something today. God's given you the green light. He's given you the green light. It's time to go. Jesus commissioned the disciples, the followers of Jesus, the ones who had made up their minds, yes, I believe that you are the Messiah. I believe that you are the Christ. I believe that you are the Son of God, and I want to follow you. So Jesus said, well, if you're going to follow me, then you'll need to do a few things. And he commissioned us, and he said, go. And he gave us the green light. It's time to go. Now listen, folks. If we don't adhere to the first instruction within the assignment, none of the rest of it matters. Just close the book and go to lunch. It doesn't even matter that I try to pull apart the rest of this if we don't go, if we don't start moving. I said last week, it's time to move. Moved by compassion. Let the Holy Ghost move you. Well, this week I'm going to tell it like this. It's time to go. Elbow your neighbor. Nudge your neighbor a little bit and tell him it's time to go. Nudge him again, Joe. Tell him it's time to go. Come on, that felt so good. Push on somebody else gently and tell him it's time to go. You can't you can accomplish the assignment sitting in your home. You can't accomplish your assignment laying on your back. It's time to go. He commissioned us. He said, go, move, do something. Don't stay where you are another day, another week, another month, another year. Years go by and we don't go. Our children grow up right before our eyes and we don't go. We don't do this step. Not this year. Oh, come on, somebody help me and say, not this year. Do I have anybody who will just say, not this year? I'm going to go. I don't even know where I'm going to go. I don't know the directions on how to get where God told me to go, but I'm going to go. You start moving and let the Holy Ghost lead you. Let the Holy Ghost steer you. Let the Holy Ghost guide you. He can guide you, Vicki. He can lead you. He can steer you where he wants you to go. But if all we're doing is just sitting on our behinds or laying on our backs, we can't accomplish the mission that God has called us to, to accomplish, the assignment that is before us. Go. Come on, go. Come on go, 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 go. All of us, we've got to get going. That's just the first step in this instruction in the assignment. Then he said, make disciples. Go, 
Number two, make disciples. Did you know disciples don't make themselves? I found out. Yolanda, disciples don't make themselves. We're all to be soul winners, by the way. We're to lead others to Christ. I'll ask this. When's the last time you led someone to the Lord Jesus? Yeah, but I invite them to church, Pastor, and I know you're going to ask them if they know Jesus. You're going to give an opportunity. Yeah, I'll do my part every week. But the ones who are saved in this church, that should just be a small fraction, a small fraction of the people who are saved that your life is connected to. I believe that. Well, you can just ponder that for a little bit. But once we lead someone to Christ, which is so thrilling, they're not just going to become a disciple. We have to make disciples. You know making a disciple is messy because it means you've got to get intertwined in somebody's life. And if you get intertwined with somebody's life, you get in, in, intertwined with somebody's mess. And some people just say, I don't, I don't think I'm down for that. I don't think I want to, I want to invest that. And so people get saved, Pete. And then the next thing you know, they're on the streets again. They're doing drugs again. We, got, we all got happy because somebody got saved. We joined the angels in celebrating because somebody got saved. And we should. But if all they're doing is getting saved and we're not making disciples, come on, church. Then we're failing somewhere. He didn't just say, go and lead somebody in the sinner's prayer and then leave them alone. He said, go and make disciples. The going is, hey, I got to tell you about Jesus. <laughs> I got to tell you about this, this God who's blown my mind and turned my life around and healed my body and restored my marriage and uh, the list goes on. That's the going. And then you've got to get involved in somebody's life and you've got to get involved in somebody's mess and you've got to get invested in somebody and you've got to make a disciple. That's what he's called us to do. Go and make disciples. I believe one of the best ways it happens at La Palma Christian Center is through our life groups. Do I have any life group fans out there today? Hey! I love what's happening in our life groups. We went to the fair with Brent and Sandy Fry several weeks ago, and he just was bubbling over about life groups and how it's changed his, his life, first of all, just him personally, and he needed changed. <laughs> I love him so much. I really do. Brent's like a brother to me. And, um, but it's changed his marriage. It's changed his home. He's witnessing to people that he, he just wouldn't have done this. He's praying with people. It's astounding what has happened because of life groups and the process of making disciples. Rose, I want you to come here a minute, sis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rose has this project that she's, she and the Shork Life Group, it's yes. your life group and Jerry Shork's life group. Holly, there's an anointing Amen. on you Amen. right now. I'm just Praise telling God. you, you can, the anointing God has just settled Jesus. on you today. Hallelujah. Thank God. Tell a little bit about Amen. this if you can Amen. without preaching. Amen. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you about this blanket, but Pastor just said something. He was talking about discipling. 
the Lord Jesus Christ spent three years with his disciples, pastor, discipling them. Mm. God might have you to sit in McDonald's and, and disciple somebody. You might have to disciple somebody next door. You might have to spend a little time. You might have to spend a little bit of money. Hallelujah to God. Get way down on the inside of somebody. And then they'll disciple somebody else. And they'll disciple somebody else. Because that's what it's about. Win one, train one, and send one. Hallelujah. And God will do the thing. Yes, he will. Bless his name. I'm sorry, Pepper, no, no, you excited no. me. I felt but that. I just want to tell you. I felt it. I felt it. Honey, there's a dying world out there. Uh. And, and we are the answer for the world today. Yes, we are. But I want to, we're making blankets. These blankets are being, because people are asking me about, the blankets are being given away to the homeless, to people in senior homes. Pastor, you got to pray over the blankets, too. I meant mm. to tell you that. But I'm going to tell you something. This is just a point. Mm. This is just a point of contact for us to put our arms around somebody, for us to get on our knees and pray and yeah. cry out. Find out a name. Find out a family mm. that begin to intercede and go before God. Because we need people to come into the kingdom because he ain't coming till we do our job. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bless his name. Glory be to God. And we just thank you on today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, somebody jump up on your feet and just give God about 30 seconds of some crazy praise today. Hallelujah. 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 We give you thanks today. We give you praise today, Almighty God. I got to finish this. I got to wrap this up. Let me finish this seriously. Woo. She's doing it though. This is, this is the great commission unfolding before our very eyes and every other life group. Every other life group that meets on tonight at 6 o'clock, they're accomplishing one part at least of the great commission, making disciples. And don't miss this part, he said, of all nations. I know I said this last week, but I believe heaven to be a place of all nations. I believe every tribe and every tongue, I believe every color and every race is going to be gathered in heaven. And so we need to be gathered like that here. Every tribe, every nation, every color, every race right here on earth. There's no room for discrimination, church. Get it out of your system. No race is above another race. No color is greater than another color. We are all part of God's wonderful family. We are a kaleidoscope that God is creating. We are a, a tapestry that God is weaving. Hallelujah. And I'm proud to say to you, godly proud to say to you that La Palma is a place that accepts everybody. There's over 25 ethnicities that call La Palma Christian Center their home. The third Instruction in this assignment is to baptize. Folks, Jesus was baptized. The followers of Jesus that lived when Jesus walked the earth were baptized. Followers of Jesus throughout history have been baptized. And I believe that we should also be baptized. And if you have not been baptized since you have believed and decided to follow Christ, you need to be. We have a baptism service on the horizon. It is on 
November the 17th at 10.30, we are going to enhance our worship by watching those give testimony of the old man dying and the new man living. We're to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And herein lies the authorization. It's in the name of the Holy Spirit, uh, in the name of the, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's not in your name. Everybody say your name. Come on, say your name real loud. Nothing happened for me, Lori. I, I love you, but nothing happened. Woo, I felt that. There's power in the name of Jesus, folks. And we go, we go, and we accomplish this great assignment in the name of Jesus. This is the authorization. It's the stamp of approval. It's the sanctioning, if you will. You can't do it on your own. Don't even try. You'll fail miserably. But as you go and say, well, somebody else has sent me. Somebody else sent me to tell you God loves you. And if you hear nothing else, hear this. God loves you. I believe God sent people today so that he could authorize me, who I'm nothing, I'm really nothing, on my own. But he authorized me today to tell somebody, God loves you. And God has a wonderful plan for your life if you'll just give him a chance. So you go in the authorization. That authority, that all of it belongs to Jesus, full and complete. And now he starts sharing it with us and distributing and imparting it into us. Wow. Oh, we could do this, couldn't we? I think we can and I think we must. The fourth aspect is teaching. Go, make disciples, baptize, and teach. What do we teach? He said to teach all, teach them to observe all things that I've commanded you. Well, everything that Jesus commanded is right here. The book I hold in my hand, the book that sits in your lap, the book that you're reading perhaps from your phone or your tablet, it holds all of the commands of Jesus. And so I want to suggest to you today that what we teach is the Word of God, the authoritative Word of God. We believe it to be inspired by God, written by many throughout many years, over many years, but all of it is God's Word. Do you believe this is God's Word? This is what we teach, church. This is what we teach. Don't teach your opinion. Oh, I don't even have time. i got to close. I wanted to go into that too. I really did. I'll just say it one more time. Don't teach your opinion. <laughs> teach the Word of God. I desperately need somebody to teach me the Word of God. You say, wait a minute. You're the pastor. You're supposed to be teaching us. Well, I need it too. So I, 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 I thirst for that. I crave that. I, I'm, I'm looking for someone who will come along and accomplish the Great Commission in teaching me the things that Jesus commanded. Aren't you? But you can also be the one that somebody else is thirsty for, <laughs> somebody else is looking for, and you fulfill the Great Commandment. Give me all my life group facilitators and hosts right quick. You're going to meet tonight, and I'm going to pray right quick an anointing on you. 
that God would help you to teach. Lift your hands, facilitators and hosts. God, anoint them tonight, each one of them. Wow. Wow. You're, you're going you're to be inspired to say things that aren't in your notes. You're gonna, God's going to show you things that you didn't even plan. God, inspire them tonight to teach all the things that you've commanded in Jesus' name. It leads me to my last point, and let me close. Pastor Moses, come. We've talked about the authority of the commission, all of it belonging to Jesus and then him sharing it with us. The assignment is clear. Go, make disciples, baptize, and teach. Still may seem a bit daunting, but rest in this. It's the assurance of the commission. There's an assurance that I... It just takes all the pressure off. He said this, watch. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the ends of the earth, even to the end of the age, it says here. Amen. Take a deep breath and just, ah, wow. That's kind of a sigh of relief right there. <laughs> You're not alone. Wow, you're not alone. The task is big. The assignment is grand, but you're not alone. Jesus said, don't worry about it. Don't be fearful about this. <laughs> he said, I'll be with you always. That's on the good days. That's on the bad days. That's when the sun's shining. That's when the storms come. That's when you've got plenty to pay your bills and when you're drawing into the hat to pull out which one you're going to pay this month. Come on, this is where we live, isn't it? Lori, right? This is all of us, any of us. Always. You know what always means? Always. Duh. I give you a lot of duh statements. But I always remember Billy Graham's target was a third grader. That's who he targeted his sermons after. He thought if a third grader could get it, anybody could get it. So I'll give you dust statements from time to time. Always means always. That means today. Wow. Jesus is with us right now. Right now. So you might say, well, wait, 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 wait. I, I don't see him. I've never seen him. Some people tell me they have had visions and they've seen what they thought to be Jesus. God bless you. I ain't looking for Jesus on earth because I know I'm going to see him in heaven and I'm going to spend all eternity with him. If he shows himself to me on earth, so be that. It would be for a purpose. I know that it can happen. But I'm not looking for that because I don't need it. I know that he's with me. He said he would be with me. How is he with me? He climbed on the inside of me. <laughs> Jesus is on the inside of me. And he, he's on the inside of me by his Holy Spirit. I want you to bring up John 14, and we're going to close this out. Jesus said, I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells, watch this, with you and will be in you and then he goes on for good measure to say I'm not to say I'm not going to leave you as orphans 
I will come to you. And the way that Jesus comes to us, the way that Jesus keeps his promise in saying he'll never leave us, it's by his Holy Spirit. The written and read today is Jesus' commission to us. We call it the Great Commission. Well, I want you to know something. It's still great. And we're still commissioned. The authority is complete and whole. and belongs to Jesus shared with us. The assignment is clear. And we rest in that assurance that he's with us. I want you to bow your heads today. Hallelujah. I want to pray for anyone that may be here that would like a fresh authorization <laughs> to accomplish this commission, this assignment. Or maybe better said, a fresh confidence. The authorization is already there. But maybe it's a, a fresh confidence in that authorization. Let me say it like that. If that's you, I want you to stand right now. You say, I, I, I want a, a, a fresh confidence that I have, in fact, been authorized to do this assignment. Stand up on your feet and let me pray for you before we leave. Hallelujah. Even though the task is big, we can and must accomplish what God has called us to do. The very last words that Jesus said, some of the last words that Jesus said were go. Go into all the world. Make disciples. Baptizing. Teaching. And he reminded us that he would be with us. Now cup your hands toward heaven and let me pray that God would just use us, Lord. We lift our hands to you and we do this in surrender. But we also do it as a vessel needing to be filled. God, would you empower us for the task, the assignment that so many times seems beyond our ability and beyond our reach, but yet you don't change it. You don't, you don't customize it. There it is. And so we must embrace it and back our rider trucks into the loading dock, even though we don't feel like we could do that. <laughs> Turns out we can. So with hands lifted, God, we ask you, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your love, God. And help us to go. Help us, Lord, to accomplish this great commission. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let God use you greatly in the great commission. Amen. Just before you're dismissed, Pastor Moses has an announcement. And then you can be dismissed. You can, well, go. <laughs> Just two, two things very quickly. We are having a bake sale. Um, I'm sure it's caught your eye as, as you come into the church today. It's on the left-hand side um, in the patio next to the fountain. And uh, we have some delicious, scrumptious, and I asked Robin to send me a couple of these mouth-watering items so you can start drooling on your pew. Um, and here it is. So we have some uh, caramel apples, some pumpkin surprise. Uh, caramel apple cheesecake and some Buckeyes and so on and so forth. There's many, many things out there. 
And uh, all the proceeds that we collect today go towards our Christmas program that we are having in December. And so Linda sent me an email yesterday, and I thought it was a great idea. If you are a host or hostess in a life group and you would like to have some items for your life group tonight, uh, we are going to give you a, a front row seat. So you can go to the very front of the line if you are a host and be able to purchase whatever you need for tonight, okay? And uh, one more thing, um, I have, we have our Inspired DVDs that are for sale out in the bookstore, and uh, they're 15 bucks a piece if you want to get one. Uh, we have our Inspired CD that we recorded in 2012, and this is the DVD. And so um, I want to give one away to the person whose uh, birthday is closest to today. Is that past? Tomorrow? Yours is tomorrow? Wednesday? Anybody's closer than that? Joe Studebaker tomorrow? Okay, here it is. All right. God bless you all. Go buy some food. Have a great night.